European Hearts Journal, Issue at a Glance, Volume 38, Issue 34, Focus Issue on Atrial Fibrillation, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Lucia. Risk Factors and Consequences of Atrial Fibrillation, Genetics, Blood Pressure, Working Hours, and Cognitive Decline. Although atrial fibrillation typically occurs in elderly subjects, and particularly in those with long-standing hypertension or heart failure, younger individuals may be affected as well. In the latter population, a genetic basis has long been suspected. Hui Nam Pak and colleagues from the Yonsei University Health System in Seoul, South Korea, remind us that genetic susceptibility loci for atrial fibrillation identified by genome-wide association studies in a European database, showed ethnic differences in the Asian population. They therefore explored novel atrial fibrillation susceptibility variants in Korean patients with early-onset atrial fibrillation, i.e. at age 60 or younger, who underwent catheter ablation. They report the results of their genome-wide association study performed in 672 cases and 3,700 controls in their article, Korean AF Network Genome-Wide Association Study for Early Onset Atrial Fibrillation Identifies Novel Susceptibility Loci. Five known genetic loci were validated and two novel loci were found. The identified loci implicate candidate genes that encode proteins related to -to cell-to-cell connection, hypoxic status, or long non-coding RNA. These novel findings are further discussed in a timely editorial by Dawood Dabar from the University of Illinois in Chicago, USA. Besides genetic factors, as outlined above, Prehypertension and an impaired fasting glucose are associated with new-onset atrial fibrillation as further investigated in another manuscript from Korea entitled Clinical Implication of an Impaired Fasting Glucose and Prehypertension Related to New-onset Atrial Fibrillation in a Healthy Asian Population Without Underlying Disease, a nationwide cohort study in Korea by Jun Byung Park and colleagues from the Awa Women's University in Seoul. Park and colleagues included 366,507 patients, of which 139,306 with atrial fibrillation related to comorbidities were excluded. They were compared to 227,102 healthy subjects. Subjects with impaired fasting glucose had a higher risk for atrial fibrillation. Surprisingly, diastolic blood pressure was a stronger indicator for atrial fibrillation than was systolic blood pressure. The incidence of atrial fibrillation was dramatically increased by the combination of prehypertension and impaired fasting glucose in subjects with a BMI of less than 25 kg per meter squared, but not in those with one of more than or equal to 25 kg per meter squared. Thus, In healthy Asians without comorbidities, prehypertension and an impaired fasting glucose represent important risk factors for atrial fibrillation, particularly if occurring together and in those with a BMI of less than 25 kg per meter squared. These intriguing results are discussed in a thoughtful editorial by Paulus Kirchhoff from the University of Birmingham in the UK. 
Atrial fibrillation is a major risk factor for stroke. This is thought to be related to the formation of clots in the left atrium of the heart, and in particular the left atrial appendix, a hypothesis supported by the fact that anticoagulants markedly reduce the incidence of strokes. Whether repetitive smaller emboli that are not associated with neurological deficits may lead to a decline in neurocognitive function is uncertain, but convincingly addressed in the article Atrial Fibrillation as a Risk Factor for Cognitive Decline and Dementia by Arkana Singh Manu and colleagues from INSERM in Villejuif Sedex in France. They analysed the association of atrial fibrillation and cognitive dysfunction in 10,308 subjects recruited into the Whitehall 2 study. A battery of cognitive tests was administered to 7,428 participants, of which 414 had atrial fibrillation. Compared to atrial fibrillation-free participants, those with longer exposure to atrial fibrillation experienced faster cognitive decline after adjustment for sociodemographic, behavioural and chronic diseases. Incident stroke or coronary heart disease individually did not explain the excess cognitive decline, however this relationship was relevant when considering them together. An analysis of incident dementia further confirmed that atrial fibrillation was associated with a higher risk of dementia, with a hazard ratio of 1.87. Multi-state models showed atrial fibrillation to increase risk of dementia in those free of stroke, but not in those free of stroke and coronary heart disease. Thus, in adults, atrial fibrillation is associated with accelerated cognitive decline and higher risk of dementia, even at ages when atrial fibrillation incidence is low. These clinically important findings are put into context in an editorial by Hans-Christoph Diener from the University of Essen in Germany. Previous studies have suggested that people who work long hours, and particularly those who do not cope well with it, might be at increased risk of stroke, but the association of long working hours with atrial fibrillation is unknown. Thus, Mika Kivimaki and colleagues from University College London in the UK addressed this issue in their article Long Working Hours as a Risk Factor for Atrial Fibrillation, a multi-cohort study. They examined the risk of atrial fibrillation in 85,494 individuals working over 55 hours per week and those working 35 to 40 hours per week over a 10-year follow-up. The authors identified 1,061 new cases of atrial fibrillation corresponding to a 10-year cumulative incidence of 12.4 per 1,000. After adjustment for age, sex, and socio-economic status, individuals working long hours had a 1.4-fold increased risk of atrial fibrillation compared to those working standard hours. There was no significant heterogeneity between the cohort-specific effect estimates and the finding remained after excluding patients with coronary heart disease or stroke at baseline or during the follow-up. Adjustment for potential confounding factors, such as obesity, risky alcohol use, and high blood pressure, had little impact on this association. Thus, 
Individuals who work long hours are more likely to develop atrial fibrillation than those working standard hours, a finding that has implications beyond medicine and that is critically discussed further in an editorial by Lucas V. A. Bursma from the Heart Lung Center Utrecht in the Netherlands. The editors hope that this issue of the European Hearts Journal will find the interest of its readers.